Welcome to Respawning Fire, the kick-ass, irreverent gaming podcast where three lifelong friends gather to talk about video games. I am Holden DePardo. I'm also here with Chad Michael Innes. Scooby-dooby-doo! <laughs> A phrase he often says. And that's you, and that's why we love you. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, E3 officially is a no-go for Sony. We talked <gasps> about it last week, but now it's official. Um, we'll, we'll talk about all that. There's actually some VCS stuff at CES I want to talk about. There's a very interesting job description for uh, Bioshock, and there's some other good stuff, too. But, Chad, before we get to all that, what have you been playing? Oh, Holden, you're so cordial. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alright, I played three things this week Three are things that I do not normally play One, I played The Last Guardian Hold on, ask me why I'm playing The Last Guardian Chad, actually, I have no idea why you're playing The Last Guardian Why are you playing The Last Guardian? That's the game I'm, I'm asking about <laughs> it's, I'm playing The Last Guardian because uh, It's our barf game of this month Backlog accomplishments <clears> with <throat> Respawn and Friends And you can play along too By just buying the game and playing it uh, so we're playing that for the month of January. We're gonna have a discussion about it at the mm-hmm. end of the month, saying, "Hey, what did you think of it?" I'm playing it for the second time. You're playing it for the first time. Yes. Um, I told everyone at the beginning of the month, "It's like, oh yeah, I've already beat it once, so I think this time I'm just gonna go back and get the platinum." Looked up the platinum trophy and said, "Fuck that noise." Oh really? What is it? I know there's like these barrels that are kind of. I'm sure there's a lot of them scattered about. Is I mean, it barrels? Yes, there's there's barrels, but then there's also beat it in under five hours, and then there's also beat it without <laughs> dying. And then there's also beat oh, it no. while having him rescue you from dying ten times in a row. And it's like, pfft, you would you have know. to beat it within five hours without dying to do it in one playthrough. That sounds like a, a and pain also in the ass. almost die and have him save you ten times in a row. Yeah, it's it, yeah. So I'm I'm like, nope. Oh, I'm just gonna play. That kind of happens in the game naturally. Doesn't it just ha- happen anyway? If you're bad at it. Well, there's a few. We'll, we'll talk about it at the end of the month. We will. And then we also played for game night this week. We jumped into Rainbow Six Siege. Dallas McGillicuddy Michael Smith has been asking for us to play Rainbow Six Siege for 96 years. 84 years. Uh, and we obliged. <laughs> Before you keep going, I talk about dog Toby. I realized he's 84 years old at dog year. So every time I see him now, I'm like, Toby, <laughs> you're 84 years old. <laughs> oh, fucking Rose. Somebody texted me a, a meme this morning. Or maybe it was yesterday. Uh, oh, fuck. I got I to gotta find it now and pull it up. It's something like Titanic <laughs> is just a story about an old woman telling everybody about some good dick she got on a boat once. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all to think about it, she got married in her other, like, afterwards. She has a child. Like, those, all of that wasn't more important than Jack on the boat. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, yeah, so we played Rainbow it Six totally Siege. a hookup. I like playing this game. The second night we played it, the night afterwards, I really enjoyed playing this game. And I don't think that I would have had Dallas not been there. I, this is a game that it's completely out of my wheelhouse. I'm not normally an online multiplayer person. I'm not normally a like tactical shooter person or something that requires heavy communication. Uh, all of that's been changing recently with Destiny 2 and now this. And we played Titanfall online. I don't know why I emphasized Fall and Titanfall. Um, so yeah, it's new for me. And I'm enjoying it. But if it were just like you and I playing online and we sucked... I would not have any fun, and I would not have continued playing. But because we were able to win a couple of times, thanks to Dallas being a fucking pro at this game, and then again Brent coming in the next night and, and equally being a pro, uh, I'm actually really enjoying it, and I look forward to playing it. 
there are definitely exciting moments when everyone's dead except for Dallas. And we're all like, at least I'm assuming because I can't see all of you guys, but like we're all just looking intently at the screen, going, "Dallas, I think he's around the corner." Like, peek, just peek <laughs> right. a little bit, just a little bit, a little bit farther. Yep. Oh, uh, this game is so good, though. I love that even after you die, you are still equally, if not more, invested in the yes. game. Yes. Like, you were jumping and, around between cameras trying to tell him, oh, shit, he's in the hallway, or he's coming around the door, he's to the left, behind that little kitchen thing, oh, shit, shit, and then you're flipping over to the other thing. Like, you can still be so helpful, mm-hmm. even after you're dead. And then it's, the tension is even higher then, because you're like, fuck, you're one person down, and there's four of them left. And you're going through those cameras so fast, just looking for a movement or something. Like, nothing yep. in that one. Okay, check, next one, next one, next one. Just moving through it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, as opposed to, again, like Destiny, if it's like a 30-second respawn wait, like, cool, I'm just going to sit here for 30 seconds now, and right. I feel completely separate from the experience. Again, I have to put down Destiny, because that's how most shooters handle it. It's just a nice way here um, of doing it instead. I, I loved it, because I think when I first heard it was a twist shooter, I'm like, oh no, this is going to be really, really fast-paced, and I am going to have to have super fast reflexes. And like, yes, you do, but it's actually slower, more tactical than I was expecting. A lot of the times, really, it's like, okay, we boarded up all the right walls. I'm going to hang out by this stair over here and just get down low and wait for someone. You guys go there. And then once the actual interaction happens, it can be pretty fast. But sometimes it's tense and, like, it's across the hallway. And I don't know. It's a really great game so far, for at least for me, because it sets up and has a lot of potential for really cool moments. And a lot of that comes from once you're dead, you're dead. And it just – it adds that, like – almost like a battle royale feel where your life means something as opposed to, Oh shit, I died. I'll be back in a second. Yeah. And I've only felt that in battle royale games before, but this manages to do that in kind of a, I guess a standard death match. It's not even standard death match. There's always a goal. That's kind of fun to do as well. I'm very impressed. I like the game a lot. Yeah. The goal always, I mean, for as varied as the goals are, they're still all some sort of one person is defending something. The other person is trying to infiltrate and attack it. Um, yeah. Which I thought after playing uh, a long time ago when Firewall Zero Hour came out on PlayStation VR, that game is literally only bomb diffusing, bomb diffusing, and it's team versus team. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, this is kind of fun, but man, this is getting kind of old. Whereas I never once felt like any mission that we've been doing in Rainbow Six Siege is getting old. And we played it for like five or six hours now. And it's, yeah. It's sweet. It's sweet AF. I would like it to become a staple of game night because I'm enjoying it that much. Well, staple gun to my side all of the time. Whoa, that's the spill canvas. Welcome back to college, everyone. Next up, (laughs) I played uh, Sandbox VR Deadwood Mansion. What is this, you ask? Can I get this on my PlayStation VR? No, you cannot, Obama. Thank you for listening, though. Uh, $1, you can go to (laughs) patreon.com slash respawn on Aimfire and uh, become a patron, Obama. That's our, um, that's my goal in life is I want to be Obama's favorite video game podcast. <laughs> a lot of things we got to get there. We have to get him into video games first. Yep, it's a few steps. Uh, so I was talking with someone recently at work about. Have you ever heard of the Void? That sounds familiar. It's a it's a VR experience. And they have different things, but it's it's a a big room scale VR type thing. And you can do it with a party oh, of okay. four to yeah. six people or something like that. They have Star Wars ones where you can go it's like and laser tag lasers. with VR, right? Not uh, uh, there might be, but it's it's more. The of games like a, might not be like laser tag specifically, but it's something in VR. You're in some sort of like room that's constructed in VR, and you're all running around just like you would be in of like a laser tag. 
Right. You're in this huge room moving From around. From what I understand, the void also has, like, objects in the room and stuff like that. So, like, if there's a, a pirate wheel, like, that wheel will be represented in real space as well as virtually. Yeah. Um, whereas... So anyway, I Googled that because I'm like, I want to do this with somebody this weekend. I've got three days off and my friend Kurt's doing nothing. He's like, let's just do The Void. So I Googled The Void and the first thing that came up was Sandbox VR. I was like, fine, fucking Google results for the win. I'll do that instead. (laughs) There's one here in San Francisco on Market Street. And I was looking up and there are six different scenarios you can do. And it is that same type of thing. It's a big, giant room that's like the size of a rich person's living room. And... You go in and you have an Oculus headset on your face. You have trackers on your wrists and your ankles and one on the headset itself. And then your gun has trackers all over it. And you are wearing this uh, haptic feedback vest that looks super badass like you're Batman. And you're wearing a backpack that looks like this tactical backpack that actually is just holding a really super powerful laptop in it that everything is connected to. And then you have your gun and, and you are doing room scale vr wirelessly which is super super dope and they have experiences that range from like star trek where you can go and fight monsters and do phaser blasting finger blasting like they do in star trek finger blasting is very prominent (laughs) in star trek they do alien finger blasting it's amazing it even got into television especially like in the 60s and it started (laughs) it's it's amazing uh they have this like davy jones pirate adventure one and then we ended up doing this one called deadwood mansion and you are in a in the um, the entryway of a mansion, very similar to like Resident Evil One style, where on one side of you there's a big staircase leading upstairs. There's these grand entryways to the the mansion. You have a hallway off on one side, and it's just you in the middle of this thing, fucking fighting off zombies after zombies after rats after big boss monsters together. And it's designed for anywhere between two to six people. There were two of us, and we didn't realize until we got there and we started suiting up that they said, oh, only like 20% of people who come in with two people actually finish it. Everyone else dies. <laughs> and we're like, fuck, wish you would have told us that before. don't scale it for – interesting. I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't tell us that before we actually paid 48 bucks a person to do this? Um, so it's like a 20-minute experience. You go in and you fight for 20 minutes. And it for was $50 for the- 20 minutes? It Holy was so shit. worth it, though. It was so worth it. At first, I was like, Holy "Man, shit. this is this is expensive as shit." But after I got out of it, I was like, "Shit, I can't wait to go back. It's amazing." This was the coolest fucking shit I've ever done in my life, Holden. <laughs> there are, you know, on those video, like the the stage of E3, and they're showing off Rainbow Six Siege, and they're like, "All right, there's a guy coming around to your left. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna crouch down over here, and I'm gonna shoot that, and then I want you to fly around from the other side and do that." Blah, and you're coordinating, and people are like, "Oh, we don't actually talk like that in real life." I was doing all of those things in real life in virtual reality, and we were like running all over the place. There are lasers that are coming across. You got to duck down, and I'm like fucking like a Navy SEAL, crouched down, crawling around, shooting rats on the ground that are trying to eat <laughs> my face off. And it was so fucking cool, and I've never felt more like a badass, more like I was a fucking tactical superhero. And also, like, a fucking king in my life. Like, I could go find some kind of, like, small to medium-scale African country and take it over with just my voice. That's how I felt coming out of this experience. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yes, it was amazing. You could choose from, like, so many different types of guns. And I chose uh, an, automat- an auto rifle. Um, Kurt chose a some kind of, like, just... Uh, standard rifle 
Um, you could have like dual pistols, and it was it was just so cool to just be like shooting. You're like front door, and turn to the front door, and I'm like, shit, there's a zombie on your back. And there were so many different types of zombies. There were. Uh, have you ever played Left 4 Dead? I know of it. I'm very familiar with the game. I haven't played. So there's it. a there's a type of zombie in there called smokers, and they stay far away, and they shoot their tongues out at you and grab one of you, and then you can't do anything. Somebody else has to kill the smoker in order to set you free. So that was in there, and so the smoker would grab your gun and like, oh fuck, I can't shoot anything, and then the other person would have to stop what they're doing, start running from the zombies while also shooting the smoker up above to try to kill it, so that you could both start doing. If you died, then you have to actually run over to the person and grab them by the shoulders to revive them, and you have to hold their shoulders while while uh, oh, shooting blindly. Cool. Yeah, so you're like holding their shoulder with one, and then your auto rifle on the other hand, just going <laughs> shooting things around you. Oh and my god, takes- it was so cool. In the text thread, you had mentioned there's also a vest you're wearing. That intrigued me. What's the deal with the vest? Yeah, so that's the thing that I mentioned that makes you feel like Batman. It's the it's a haptic vest that if you get shot or something's attacking you or something like, like you feel it. If there's a rat crawling up your your chest, then you feel that rat and you can swat at it. You can kick things and oh, okay, so, so like, cool with the rat. So like, is it like you actually feel little like you know prickly like you know feet walking up you, or is it like a vibration kind of moving? Oh, up it's your like chest? it's like, like a dual shock rumble. But okay. they're like, it looks like you have an eight pack, and each one is its own rumble. So you can actually feel it traveling up or down. If someone shoots you in the chest versus the abs, you can feel where they got where they okay. shot you, and That's it's on the back cool. as well. Oh my god, Holden! Coolest thing ever! <laughs> I can't wait to go back and try all the other things. Afterwards, I asked them. I was like, "What's your favorite thing to do? What's your favorite one to do?" She's like, "Well, my favorite one to do is four people." I was like, "Fuck you! I don't have friends." And then, <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, it was so cool. But there's also someone in the room the whole time with you. Uh, just Because uh, there are... So you're shooting with the trigger on the gun. But then there are also little buttons on the gun, too. And I was just fucking hammering away on those buttons for no reason. And I accidentally turned my <laughs> gun off. I was like, fuck, I can't shoot anymore. I can't shoot. Why can't I shoot? And she was like, hold, please. She paused the game. And all the zombies are, like, suspended in animation. And I'm walking around like, oh, this is so fucking cool. That's I feel so like cool. Neo just paused the Matrix. <laughs> that sounds awesome. She comes over and fixes my gun. And the- I, was, I just want to do that. Like, can you just, like, get a bunch of shit on, on, like, in there at once and just pause it? And I'll just walk around and, like, poke them <laughs> and shit? That sounds like a good time. Yeah, it was great. Oh, and there was this big final boss. Like, there was so much strategy in it, too. Like, there were certain types of enemies that... Um, you have to shoot them to take them down and they start kneeling when they're down and then in order to actually kill them you have to focus all of your fire at once both people on them while they're kneeling and if you don't do it fast enough then they get back up and they charge you with a fucking scythe and so one person is shooting at that person trying to get them to kneel while the other person shooting all the zombies coming from all the different directions zombies falling from the ceiling and then there's like this big giant boss at the end that comes in and he has the typical like video game boss thing where He's trying to attack you, but you can notice that there's, like, orange bubbles all over him, like, pus-filled things. You're like, so I immediately call out to Kurt, Kurt, shoot the pus things on his arms! And you shoot those, sure enough, they start popping, and then as soon as you pop out, it's like, oh, God, fucking video games are so cool! (laughs) Uh, I enjoyed the hell out of it. It sounds like it's the full promise of VR, basically. Fully immersive in every way. As far as, like, the actual tech of it, ew, is that book, what is that on my desk? I don't remember spitting boogers out, but there's something on my desk that resembles boogers. Um, and as far as like the actual, so it's an Oculus headset um, with obviously no like Oculus handheld controllers, so the sensors instead. Yeah. The the only thing that I noticed is it it was about the same visual fidelity, screen door effect, all of that stuff that you're used to with all of it. The same visual fidelity I'd noticed from something in PSVR. The only difference is because it was all wireless. I don't know. 
if Kurt was experiencing the same thing, but if I were to like run across the room to like avoid some zombies or something like that, then it wouldn't quite keep up with me. And you'd get a little bit of that like motion thing until you stopped and mm-hmm. it was able to catch up to you. So if you are if you've never done VR before and you're prone to motion sickness, you have a, I assume a very good chance of getting sick doing this the first time. Oh, that's not good. Especially if you're doing the zombie one. Like there are there are more tame ones. Like there's one where you're uh, in space and you're doing all these kind of cool like you're on some on some alien planet and there's like this all this futuristic stuff. But apparently it's not like scary. It's like more tactical. Maybe there's puzzle type things. You got to shoot the right things. And you yeah. could hear this woman from across the basement just like the entire time. <laughs> and the after we took our after we finished ours and took our headsets off the like the people were laughing the people who run the the company were laughing they were like this woman over there i have no idea what the fuck she's screaming about because she's doing this one that's not scary at all but she's been screaming for 20 minutes straight <laughs> and by the time we were going on our way out she, like it had transformed into like a cat that somebody's slowly stepping on and applying pressure and it's just like <laughs> but i highly recommend it. if you have a chance to do the sandbox vr which i which i from what i understand is very similar to the void which is in a lot of different places as well uh definitely look into it i think there's one in michigan i, I think they have them all, all over the country so if you've got one semi nearby get a group of friends together go do it it's so much fun if you want to see videos like they afterwards they give you like highlight reel videos um, uh, if you guys want to see them, they're on my Instagram and I tweeted them out yesterday too, after we did it, they're pretty cool at Chad Mike Ennis on my socials or in our text message conversation, because you just sent them to me immediately and they're very cool looking. They're, yeah. like, they're like little trailers basically to kind of show it off. It's kind of cool. Yeah. At first I actually didn't know that you were sending me something you were in and I'm like, Oh, this is a new VR game? What, like, what is this? Oh, is that, is that Chad in there? Like, what is Chad doing in there? And then it, afterwards, it's, like, starring, and it said Kurt and Chad. I'm like, oh, now I get what this is. Okay. Yep. It was so cool. It was very, very cool. Sounds cool, I mean. I what did you do? What did you play? What did I Nothing do? Nothing nearly as exciting as that. Uh, I played more Splatoon 2, because I've been on a Splatoon 2 kick. God damn, I'm loving that game again. So, so good. What made um, you start I playing got, that again? Uh, what was that? Why did, I, why did I start playing, or when? Yeah. What What made you start doing that? My brother, uh, he's eight. He got a Switch for Christmas. So oh, okay, got gotcha. Splatoon, and he wants to play it with me. Um, I'm, I'm trying. I've been trying to convince him to use the motion controls because it's you're just you're going to be way more accurate with the motion controls on. Oh, than if you have them like off. for the precision aiming stuff. Well, you can also really only uh, or it's easier to go vertically if you can use motion. You really gotcha. can't go side to side too much. It's mostly vertical or other way around horizontal. I can't think about it now because like I'm so used to it that I don't think about what it's actually doing anymore if that makes any sense it's like just like nature but um yeah i'm loving that game again i just think it's a really incredibly clever online shooter like now that i've played a bunch of online shooters over the past like six months or so especially online ones and i'm playing splatoon again i'm like man like the way they they deal with the fundamental of what i think a lot of first person shooters are online is which is that at least in like in a especially like Rainbow Six Siege, it's about kind of finding your spot and like keeping your spot. And Splatoon does that with ink. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's very clever. There's like benefits using the ink that make it, it's just, it's so smart. It's so smart and clever. I love that game. Very good stuff. 
I just wish more people had it. I, I'd love to make it a game night, but I think it's unrealistic because so many of us don't have the game, and Nintendo, you know, just doesn't ever put anything on sale ever. Zero percent chance I'm paying sixty bucks for that game. <laughs> yeah. Have you played a Splatoon game ever before? Uh, the kiosk at a Best Buy for about three. Wonderful. Minutes and I hated uh, it. <laughs> wonderful experience. <laughs> um. So I, I like it a lot. It's actually probably one of my favorite multiplayer games on Switch. Um, just can't say number one because Mario Kart still exists. That mm, it does is exist. still a thing. You're right. It does. Yeah. I played more Spider Man. Um, I'm now I finished Act Two. I'm on Act Three now, which is kind of like the last three missions. Um, story ramped up incredibly fast. Yep. It kind of I'm like, man, we're just kind of like fighting crime and shit in the city for a long time, and then just like everything's happening. It's like, okay, oh my god, the final act's gonna be crazy. So that's where I'm at right now. Uh, and then when I'm done with it, we'll talk about it because it's the game that I I uh, was told to play by Chad, so I'm I'm doing that. I think I have to have it done by the end of January. I think that's kind of the. I I don't think there was a time frame on it. <laughs> oh okay. Well, that was that's my plan is to beat it by the end of January. Okay. I said by the end of this week. There's no way I'm then... beating Metro Exodus by the end of January. <laughs> uh, I I still would not be surprised and would not fault you at all if you decided not to finish the game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I just more want to. S- I just want to see like what you think of it from the perspective of someone who did not like the original two Metro uh, games, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, I wanted to beat Spider-Man and Wolfenstein by the end of this week, but then I started playing some more Sekiro because I'm like, oh, all these game delays that we'll also talk about later on. I have kind of more time to play games now, and I would really like to play Sekiro, so maybe I'll do that again. And I overcame a boss that I'm having a really hard time with, and I'm very happy and feel very uh, accomplished in that game. It's great stuff, but I've already talked a lot about that game before. And then another game that I've talked a lot about uh, in the past few months is Pokemon Shield. Played more of that because ever since the DLC announcement, I've kind of been a little amped up on Pokemon and want to get back into that. Well, back into that. I've had the game since like not even two full months, I don't think. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I'm letting Pokemon Shield. The post-game, I think, is actually more interesting than the main game. That's at least what I think. I was walking around today catching uh trying to catch a shiny piplup on community day in the afternoon. Mm. And all I kept thinking about was, damn, those Galarian Moltres, Articuno, and Zapdos look really cool in that DLC. Mm-hmm. I finally gotta play any of Pokemon Sword. <laughs> I still haven't played ever <laughs> since I got in the wild area. <laughs> I mean, just it's a Pokemon game. As long as it's a Pokemon game, you're too expecting of a good time. Yep. I think I got my hopes up high a little bit too much before it came out. I'm like, it's going to be this amazing Switch version of Pokemon that's going to change the game, and it doesn't at all. But the DLC has me convinced that there's going to be some interesting moves for the Pokemon franchise. We'll see. Hell yeah. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat before we begin the quest log. Jumping into the fetch quest for the week. <laughs> what? Why are you laughing at me? That was the most energetic and that excitable. Was, it was energetic. It was completely factual and just. I'm. It was like if Purd Happily <laughs> was going to introduce fetch quests or data <clears> from Star Trek. I'm <laughs> clearing my throat in order oh, to yeah. get into our. Oh, quest I log. see. Okay, yeah. this is the log where we have quests. <laughs> the que- yeah, the clear of the throat does kind of change it. All right, fetch quests. We're doing fetch quests now. I'll be a little bit more happy. <laughs> Left 4 Dead 3 is absolutely not currently in the works, according to Valve. Um, I wish they would have said that about Half-Life a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, this is in response to, there was a, there were rumors, and then there was the official announcement from the president of Valve 
in, or of HTC in China or something like that, and it said uh, Half Life Alex slash LFD three is going to help propel us into high profits or something like that. And everyone's like, "What?" And they're like, "No, no, 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 no." Speaking of three, Resident Evil three trailer shows what a pain in the ass Nemesis will be. Did you watch this new trailer? Oh my god, yes. Oh, if you thought Mr. X was fucking scary, dude could just walk and punch. This guy's got a flamethrower. It appears that he's got some kind of like scorpion, get over here kind of thing to reel you in. He can fucking punch cars. <laughs> yeah, it looks, oh, honestly, I, so, I was watching this going, do I want to play this game? This is going to be too scary. I don't want to do it. I don't want to so even play it. They even said that. when they announced the game, they said that uh, they are using... As the nemesis, like, nemesis is Mr. X with some enhanced AI. Like, mm-hmm. It is the same game mechanic, same thing, but they've just made his AI better. Which, great, now he can find me even easier and he's better at killing me. <laughs> with a flamethrower. Well, speaking of scary, uh, GameStop is so screwed. Very is the headline good. here. Uh, overall sales dropped 27.5% from previous year's Christ- uh, holiday season. Um Honestly, I don't think this is actually as big of a deal as people making it out to be. This right. is a holiday season after two companies said, "Hey guys, we're releasing new consoles next year." Of yep. course, sales were going to drop a lot. I don't. I think it's more of just GameStop weathering the storm until next gen comes out. We're going to get a lot more of these announcements. I'm sure every quarter of, "Oh my god, this is so much worse than the previous quarter." Until the pre-orders start kicking in, until the consoles yeah. are out. The same next thing January, happened. We're going to see an article that says. GameStop sales up 500% new holiday quarter. Are they going to survive? Exactly. Exactly. So it'll be a different story next year. It'll still be a downward trend, yes, <laughs> but it'll be sure. it'll be better than right now. Um speaking of better, uh, Epic Game Store has attracted 108 PC and sorry, 108 million, not 108. <laughs> that would be a very big number. 108 million PC users, which is a lot more than I was expecting. That's good job for them. That's one million PC users for every ghost spirit trapped inside the Pokemon Spirit Bomb. <laughs> I don't, okay. I don't know what that means. There's a Pokemon called Spirit Bomb, and it's just 108 oh. ghosts trapped in a rock. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yep. Detroit Become Human Studio will have a lot of surprises in 2020. And none of them will be sexual harassment scandals. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> that was not that was a joke in poor taste. They were I don't think they were ever but found the guilty idea, on any of that stuff. I, I think it was I don't, actually I don't want to comment because I don't know, but I do think <laughs> I do think the idea is funny of like them tweeting out like oh more surprises with lawsuits like look forward <laughs> this year stockholders. Um, that's really funny. Sorry, I'm that was willing to very bet. poor taste. <laughs> <laughs> on a serious note, I do think that. I, or at least I wouldn't be surprised if this is still something, even though they're not a Sony-specific franchise anymore, wouldn't be surprised if they do something to show off the power of the PS5 at a PlayStation event at some point this year, just like they did with the Comedian event um, for PS4. They had like that like five-minute, which is actually an extended 12-minute video of that actor doing his performance, and it kept, scrolling, right. it kept going wrong. Like They'll do something like that that might not even be a preview for a new game. There'll be things like that, I'm willing to bet. It takes them a long time to make games... Trip Become Human didn't really come out that long ago. Yeah, but now they got that Tencent money. That's true. That's true. Uh, last thing on the Fetch West this week is Metro Redux will fit everything on one Nintendo Switch card. It's from Jordan DeVore at Destructoid. That's coming February 28th for $50. 
All so if you haven't played it, one sixteen gig cart. Cool. Yeah. If you haven't played it, I would recommend literally just waiting for it to go on sale on PSN or Xbox if you really 100%, want. Hundred percent because it's been free there before on PS Plus, and it's yep. also been like three dollars for each game several mm-hmm. times. I love these games. Um, I don't like I, even though I said Metro Exodus is one of my favorite games of last end of last year. The first two games I don't think are at this point worth $50 considering how old they are and they're already on other platforms for way cheaper. I just don't right. think it's worth it. Unless and how you really poorly they're probably going to perform on Switch anyway. I actually don't think it's going to be an issue because they ran on 360 anyway. and PS3. No, they ran on 360 and PS3 and this has more horsepower than that. So anything that's going to run badly is just software related. It's nothing to do with the hardware performance. I don't think at least. But, but these are the Redux versions. These are the remasters for PS4 and Xbox One. Yeah. These are not the original PS3 360. This probably has ray tracing. <laughs> this probably has ray tracing. <laughs> Nintendo Switch Definitely does not have not. hardware ray tracing capabilities. Yeah, it'll be like 2031 before Nintendo gets ray tracing anything. Specifically 2031. Quote me on that in 2031. Right. Hey Siri, set a reminder for January 1st, 2031 to check about Nintendo having ray tracing. <laughs> What's kind of cool is now we'll know how wrong I was in 11 years. Yep, we'll find out. All right, Sony Quest log time. I think this is going to be a big discussion this week. We talked a little bit about this stuff last week, but Sony is now officially not attending E3 for two years in a row. Uh, Article here is PlayStation will not participate in E3 2020. Christopher Dring at GamesIndustry.biz. The quote from Sony is, After a thorough uh, evaluation, SIE has decided not to participate in E3 2020. We have great respect for the uh, ESA as an organization, but we do not feel the vision of E3 2020 is the right venue for what we are focused on this year. We will build upon our global strategies in 2020 by participating in hundreds of consumer events across the globe. Our focus is on making sure fans feel part of the PlayStation family and have access to play their favorite content. We have a fantastic lineup of titles coming to PlayStation 4, and with the upcoming launch of PlayStation 5, we are truly looking forward to a year of celebration with our fans. There are two kind of quasi responses to this that I want to talk about but before that Chad what do you think that's now official uh, I'm V disappointed part of it is selfish because yeah. we're going to E3 this year mm-hmm. and I want to be able to play PlayStation games at E3 before anyone else can so I can rub it in everyone's faces <laughs> that's what I want um, I'm I mostly I'm super curious what these hundreds of of consumer events across the globe are. Like, I get it if they have, like, some other, like, Tokyo Game Show, Paris Games Week, all of these things planned, but hundreds of consumer events. What does that even mean? Where are they? Uh, state of play, and for all the state of plays for different languages, so they have, like, 30, like, each time they do one state <laughs> of play. <laughs> Shut the front door. No, this is super disappointing for me. But, I mean... That, yeah, they've got they've got to be planning some kind of some kind of big overhaul on their state of play in order to, you. So here's the thing: they have to make a big splash. PS Five is coming out in the fall. They have to drum up excitement for it. They've got to get people stoked on their games. They've got to do it in a way that makes headlines. That makes headlines not just for gaming websites, but for like Forbes and for all the other like things that parents read but not regular gaming people so that they know what to buy and why to buy it for their kids come holiday season 
And yeah. I'm just so interested to see how they pull that off and what they have planned for how they're going to build excitement for PS5. Yeah. And I think it's it's especially interesting because I think everyone assumed, oh, they're not going to be at E3 last year because they don't have much to say. But when's the PS5 is coming? I mean, when they have so much to say, right. they'll finally return to E3. Now it's like, are they ever going to return to E3 ever again? Because if they're not going to when PS5 is coming out, why would they go in the PS5's second or third year or fourth year? Unless E3 makes some sort of massive change mm-hmm. and there's the reason they have to be there. But in its current form, that's just, it's, it's, it's still kind of surprising to me. I do think that Microsoft now is just going to dominate and own E3. It's their field now. Nintendo's not going to talk about anything big enough to distract from a next generation console. And Nintendo probably knows it. This is like, this is basically Microsoft's event now, more so than it was last year. I don't know. I mean, I, f- <laughs> I feel like I always want that to be the case, and I feel like they have the opportunity. But even last year, we're like, oh my God, yeah, Microsoft now just owns this. And it was a regular old press conference, if not a little bit less exciting than what they normally do. You're. And- you're t- yeah, it's, I think I you're totally just right. going to completely continue from here on out. They're just going to keep doing the same thing, and we'll be excited about some things and disappointed by a lot of others. And <clears throat> I think you're totally right, except for the fact that this year they have an extra console that they, that they can talk about, and I think that does change things a little bit. I think what, how much are they going to rely on E3 now? Now that they're basically going to have the event to themselves, at least yeah. most eyes will will be on them, at least. Um, and also, this also gets me thinking with. Sony, does this mean that they're going to be talking a lot before like E3 or after E3? Like, we're not going to hear, like, there's been a lot of talk, we'll talk about this in a second, of like the February event that may or may not be happening. Does it mean that they're going to have a February event to talk about it earlier? Or because they're not going to be at E3, even they're going to keep pushing the information as far back as they can? I have no way, I'm just, I'm so flabbergasted by this, I have no idea what to expect. They're definitely not playing the same game they were last time. We'll see yep. how it plays out. Let's rattle um, off some of these other things so we can add them into the discussion. Yeah, yeah. So ESA, um, the two quote unquote statements about um, this uh, cancellation on Sony's part, it, they don't mention Sony specifically, but they're just so relevant in the context that I kind of had to bring them in just to explain why we're talking about Microsoft right now. But um, ESA started off, um, they said uh, in a statement about this year's E3 E3 is a signature event celebrating the video game industry and showcasing the people, brands, and innovations redefining entertainment loved by billions of people around the world. E3 2020 will be an exciting, high-energy show featuring new experiences, partners, exhibitor spaces, activations, and programming that will entertain new and veteran attendees alike. Exhibitor interest um, in our new activations is gaining the attention of brands that view E3 as a key opportunity to connect with video game fans worldwide. Do you want to talk about that, or do you want to jump right into the Phil Spencer Let's talk about Phil Spencer, too, yeah. Okay, so Phil Spencer tweeted out, again, not directly about Sony, but it's really related in context. Our team is hard at work on E3. We look forward to sharing with all those who love to play what's ahead for us. Our art form has consistently propelled by the cross-section of creativity and technical progress. 2020 is a milestone year in that journey for Team Xbox. Yeah, so ESA is just doubling down and saying, hey, we've got exciting new things coming up, and we're going to continue those things with or without PlayStation. And Phil Spencer just says, yeah, that's our strategy too. We're going to keep on trucking, and it's going to be great. Yeah, I think it's... To me, I think that people... I think Microsoft, Nintendo, and at least Ubisoft still really believe in E3. 
And I still like don't want E3. I don't want E3 to go away. E3 is like to me the Super Bowl of the video gaming. And maybe the Game Awards is going to take some of the thunder away, but uh, I just would be so bummed if anything happened. And it sounds like ESA is aware that they have to make changes. Yeah. I think they're talking differently about E3 than they had in the past. I would have liked in response to Sony saying they're not going to be there. They would have had a little bit more to say, hey, this is how we're changing the event. I was listening to, was it, it was uh, Podcast Beyond with Brian Altano. Brian Altano was saying, like, if you're going as a fan to E3, don't go. Like, don't do it. Because it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be enjoyable. And it's not just because Sony's not there. It's because it's just not an event for fans. It's an event for uh, investors or for journalists to see things behind closed doors. And yeah, there's some stuff where like you might be able to play a new Smash character or something like that. But there's not a whole lot that's really there for fans. And I'm hoping, and based on what they're talking about, maybe they'll start heading in that direction. I think that's what ESA is is doing currently. <clears throat> is they are mm-hmm. they are morphing it and evolving it into something more focused on the fans. Yeah. And it, that's why we saw that leaked deck from or that a rumored leaked deck that says, "Hey, E3 2020 will have like streamers there and we'll have people that we pay in order to be around and say that they're playing these games and things like that to and yeah. like there will be people there that other people want to come see and that's what E3 will be." So I think they're they can make more money off of it that way, and they're making it more of a fan thing and less of a like industry type thing, which is probably why Sony is saying, "Hey, that's not what we were coming for. We're going to yeah. do our own thing." Uh, which is, ex- I mean, it's exciting for me going because obviously we're not big enough to even consider ourselves part of the industry, so we're basically going as fans with this as an excuse. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's interesting to me, but you're right. There's nothing. They released no details yet on that. They're still mm-hmm. saying, yeah, we've got all of these cool innovations and brand new things and, and exciting experiences coming, but we're four and a half months out, and we don't know what any of that looks like. Tickets aren't on sale. If I want to go as a fan, I still don't know when, what dates are for me and things like that. Yeah, and this would have been a great opportunity to do it. And and I also, like, there's no way they were blindsided by Sony not showing up. They were mm-hmm. probably aware of Sony not showing up for a while. Phil Spencer might have been blindsided. I don't I don't know what he knows about Sony, but he probably doesn't know their exact plans. But ESA definitely knew. There's 100% they knew. Yeah. And I feel like they would have said, hey, this message is going to come out that Sony's not going to be there at E3 again. We need to have something right at the front saying, hey, you know, Sony's not going to be there. But, like, this is going to be, like, whatever this is, this is going to be there. And this is why you want to go to E3. Um, this year, even if Sony's not there, I- I'm I'm surprised that they didn't do something. Especially when there's rumors of specific things they're talking about, just call it out specifically at least. Like saying things like um, showing new experiences, partners, exhibitor spaces, activations, and programming. Like, ooh, that's that doesn't. I, I don't know what that means. I have no idea what any that's of 100% that. hundred percent corporate means. speak. They're just they're. Yeah. They are speaking to all the people who have a, a stake in E3 who are freaking out, saying, why isn't Sony there for two years in a row? Like, don't worry. We have all of these ways that we're going to make money off of the people who come to bottom feed off of our shit. Yeah. Um, so, I think we've said everything we have to say about this. Yeah. Um, Sony's not only ditching E3. New headline here. Sony ditching Destination PlayStation 2020 event. This comes from Dennis Patrick at GameRanks. Sony typically uses Destination PlayStation to inform retailers directly about upcoming plans for the year. Um, they usually, I guess, um, held this in February. They're not doing it this February. 
And I actually don't think this is, this, to me, it makes complete sense. They're not going to talk about PS5 to retailers before they talk about it openly in public. I think it's as simple as that. <clears throat> you know what just hit me? What? As you were reading that, I, I wonder how much of Sony pulling out of E3, Sony not doing this thing where they tell all of their plans to all these retailers, I wonder how much of that is them trying to keep stuff secret. And control leaks. Because we saw Walmart Canada leak everything about E3. Uh, <laughs> more often than not... Which would be we... a retailer that's going to be a PlayStation destination. or destination Exactly, PlayStation. yeah. yeah. Uh, we, they we might see... be there at least. Who knows? Yeah, well, we see destination... Like, we see retailers, like, screenshots of Best Buy inventory list leak games all the time. Mm-hmm. Screenshots of keychains at GameStop leak Assassin's Creed all the time. I, and... The fact that Sony is being so silent on all of their stuff, I wonder if there is something that they are trying to wait until the last minute to blindside Xbox with, that they are just, hey, we are controlling our message and only doing things that we have 100% control over in order to make sure we keep these secret. Interesting. Maybe, so another another conspiracy layer to this, uh, because I think you're making a really good point. Um, Mine's not quite as serious as yours, but yours is definitely the better point. It's almost like they talked about the logo and were like, we know people aren't going to... Like, there's going to be some backlash. I was just talking about a fucking logo after Microsoft did everything they did. We'll just let it happen and just let Microsoft take the spotlight for just, like, a little bit. And actually, I think we are going to talk about this aspect in a second. Like, let Microsoft take the spotlight for a little bit. And then when it's like, oh, look at this amazing console. How could PS5 possibly take over? Just pull the rug out from underneath them. Yeah. Whatever the thing could be, I don't know. And this actually goes, I'm going to transition to what David Jaffe said, because he tweeted about um, the PS5 event as well. He said, PS5 reveal is less than four weeks away. Sony knows hardcore gamers are hanging on every scrap of info and know just because Microsoft dominates the conversation at the moment, that's an easy thing to change when they're going uh, when they're ready to, to reveal. Parentheses, assuming the reveal is good. Uh, I want to say it's the worst kept secret in games right now, February reveal, like they did for the PS4. He then goes on to say, I actually don't know anything. I just was speculating. Um, I, so, they a grain of salt. But I do think he's right with that whole, Microsoft's dominating the conversation right now. How intentional is that? I think what you're saying is kind of might be a part of that. Yeah. And his this tweet was in response to somebody asking him straight up saying, hey, there's so much excitement and Microsoft is doing so much to put out a positive message to make us excited for Series X. And right now it's PlayStation silent and I'm just like, I'm meh on PlayStation 5. So this was his response saying, yeah, they're definitely dominating it, but there's a reveal event right around the corner. Yeah. And like, well, I assume David Jaffe would know something about some kind of PlayStation inside news and... Mm. to To be like specific enough to say less than four weeks away... And not be like, hey, there's probably one coming in February. He's like, no, it's less. Than, like, he knows a date, and he knows that it's between three and four weeks. Watch that the next David, David Jaffe project is announced as, like, a launch title for PS5. Yeah, drawn to like, death, oh, shit, reborn. I need to, yeah. He's like, shit, I gotta, gotta control this. <laughs> so, uh, take a few steps back. I didn't say it. I didn't mean it. This isn't news. He even says, this is not news. Thanks. <laughs> Did you ever play um, Drawn to Death? No, I didn't. It was on, actually on PS Plus, though, so I do technically have it. I think it just went straight up free to play, but I think oh, all did the it? servers and shit are shut down now. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, final story for Sony: PS4 exclusive Horizon Zero Dawn reportedly, not official, but reportedly set for PC release. This is from Alex Calvin at PC Games Insider. Um, that's basically it's it's rumored to happen, um, not official. Chad, do you think it's going to happen? I do think it's going to happen. Uh, I've been listening to a couple of people. 
on a couple different days of Kind of Funny Games Daily talk about it. And it makes complete sense because Death Stranding came out on PS4 and about a year later, less than a year later, is coming to PC. That was made using the Decima engine, which they borrowed from Guerrilla Games, who made Horizon Zero Dawn. So they're like, we'll let Kojima do all the figuring out how to port this easily. And then now that we have that engine running on PC, how can we take Horizon and make that really easily transfer over? Mm -hmm. Uh, Another interesting point that they pointed out on there that I completely agree with is this is a great way to sell PS5 because if you get people on PC to play Horizon Zero Dawn, they realize how awesome it is, and then be like, cool, mm-hmm. the sequel coming next year only on PS5. I'm like, fuck, I really love this game on PC. I could play it next year on PS5, or I could wait 5,000 years and hope that it ever comes to PC. So, yeah, I think I think it will happen, but I don't mm-hmm. think it's like... Uh, I don't think it's a Microsoft strategy. Where, where Microsoft right now, I feel like their strategy is... We just want people to play our games, and we want them on everything that we can get them on. I think it's a, hey, here's a cool thing that we learned how to do with the Decima engine. We're just going to throw this out there for anyone who wants to play it. But I don't think we're going to see this continue with a ton of first-party exclusives. Yeah, no, like there's not going to be no Last of Us or Uncharted on on PC. Right. I also like not not to put Horizon Zero Dawn down, but like for Last of Us and, and Uncharted, they don't have to put it on PC to make a name for the next game. Those games are already like in the among the top games ever made horizon even though a lot of people love it isn't in that echelon it's just not up there where it has right. an immediate like name recognition and this is a good way to do that i do find it really funny that a lot of people are really pissed about this which i just think is doesn't make any sense to me who's pissed about this these people really give me upset names you give me reddit, was... reddit usernames let me know who they are <laughs> So, like, there'll be th- there'll be like pictures online of like a copy of Horizon Zero Dawn in the toilet, and it ha- it says like for PS4, and then someone taped on it as well, and also PC, as if like it's been ruined because it's no longer ex- exclusive. Oh I'm like, God. if you played it, if you enjoyed it, that's wonderful. Why does it matter if it's other console? It's just it's very strange. It's dumb. Very strange. I'll say this though, I can see me being concerned if Zelda or so, like Mario came to PC and being like, what does this mean for Nintendo? And I would be asking a bunch of questions. Why? I mean, you still get to play the game you love on the system you love. You're not going to play it on PC anyway. But in that case, it'd be more of like, what's going to happen to Nintendo as a company? Like, why are they releasing Zelda on PC? Like, what's going on behind the scenes there? Like, I think it'd be more about that than I'm upset Zelda is being played by other people who don't have a Switch. But like right. that, that, Horizon Zero Dawn doesn't do that to me. It's not like, oh my god, it's so big. Sony's changing everything. Um, speaking of Nintendo, Nintendo Quest Log Time, Chad, you ready for that? Let's do it! Rumor, <laughs> prolific leaker says, we'll get a Paper Mario and a 2D Metroid this year. Liam <gasps> Doolin and Nintendo Life. But the leaker is Sabi on Twitter. Or Sabi. Wasabi. Waza. You remember those so this is what, commercials? Oh, yeah. Weather! <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, what uh, they tweeted on, on the Twitters. Having looked into it for a bit, I find it reliable enough to completely back the mentions of Paper Mario and Metroid, not Prime 4, for 2020. I'll tweet out the details I back based on talks I had. First, Paper Mario, uh, going back to how it was in 2020... The 2D Metroid game does, in fact, seem to be related to Fusion. Also sounds as though it's set for this year. The person I know is legitimate... Um, oh, I think she's meant to say the person I know has legitimately mentioned it being a sequel, I believe. There's a typo there. Um, sounds plausible enough. 
I been a while since a two fucking can't game wait for Paper Mario. If if there is a legit Paper Mario in the form of like not the what was the I don't remember what the most recent one was, but all I can think of like Paper Sticker Mario star? gets stuck in a in a fax machine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was something else. Um, but if there's a like the original Paper Mario, which was a successor to Super Mario RPG, which is one of my favorite games, like I'm a hundred percent on board for that. And then the 2D Metroid, like there have been rumors for a while that Met- a Super Metroid is getting a remake along the lines of, um, what was the one Samus Returns? Yeah. And this is claiming this would be a sequel and kind of in that fusion universe. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. I could get on board with that. What is the name of that one? Paper Mario. It was a clever title, whatever it was. There's like Sticker Star. There's also Color Splash. Paper Mario series Wikipedia. Paper Jam. Paper Jam. That's what it was. See, copy your fax machine. Paper Jam. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm into both of these. Especially if it's on Switch and not 3DS. Absolutely. I'm curious as what they do with the 2D Metroid game as well on Switch. Because there's so many Metroidvania games out there that I feel like they can't just do like a flat like 2D style. It's got to be that like 2.5D. I'm kind of curious what, what style they go with for this game. I also just would like a 2D Metroid game. Yeah, I need someone to hold me off for Prime 4 because that's not going to happen for a while at this I point. need something to tap my Dark Samus amiibo on. Ooh, <laughs> Dark Samus, pew, pew, pew. So I believe it. I still don't think either of those two games are big enough to be like Nintendo's end of the year title. Unless they don't, don't want to have a big was. end of the year. Link's Awakening wasn't. Pokemon was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I got to play that game. I want to. I want to play it. I just got to gotta find time. We'll talk gotta about more time. time coming up later. Yes. Uh, okay, so speaking of time-consuming, Fire Emblem Three Houses gets a uh, secret fourth house in DLC. Russ Frustrick. Frustick? Frustick. Frustick. It's German Frustick. for breakfast. <laughs> uh, that's a polygon cinder shadows is the is the name of the dlc it's arriving february 12th the new house ashen wolves lives in the sewers below garrig mock in secret whatever that means that might mean some of the people <laughs> out there but that's a thing um this won't be a full campaign it says in the article this is in quotes this won't be a full uh, campaign but rather a detour from the three main campaigns which seems like an interesting go so in order to experience this, i guess you have to kind of play through another uh, play through again, I guess. Yeah. And see the new stuff as you go through. Um, interesting. Um, uh, first, Nintendo releases the Nintendo Switch Lite, which is a Switch that doesn't switch. Then they release an expansion, a fourth house for three houses, which makes three houses a stupid name that doesn't apply anymore. <laughs> and then they go and put Legend of Zelda on PC, says you. Oh, my God. Nintendo's doomed. <laughs> Nintendo's doomed. That's a fact. I did say it. I actually shouldn't have. I signed an NDA saying I wouldn't talk about Zelda showing up on PC this year. <laughs> Sakurai reveals Fighters Pass, Volume 2 for Smash Ultimate, says Chris Carter at Destructoid. This will include six fighters, but they're already chosen. So don't tell uh, Sakurai what you want because you already chose them. So <laughs> shut your mouth. Don't say anything. <laughs> Uh, and they will release before the end of 2021. Sometime in the next two years, we're going to get six more fighters. Yep. That's a slower pace than last time as well. That's basically three yeah. per year. Well, four this year, and then maybe three more this year, two more this year, then three, four next year. Who knows? Um, because there's another fighter that was announced 
and it's um Byleth. Is it Byleth? Billeth? Fuck. Fuck you, Sakurai. <laughs> For another uh, goddamn Fire Emblem fighter as the secret fifth character in this pass. Yes. Fire Emblem Three Houses Byleth is announced for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Do you know what you, this reminds me of? What does this remind you of? You know when Scrubs, the, the two-coin riddle that JD gives the janitor? I have two coins that add up to 30 cents, but one of them isn't a nickel. And, and the like, other one's a nickel. <laughs> the other one's a nickel. It's like this. It's like, yeah. It's like it's a secret character. And the fact that he started, he started out building so much hype, and he's like, oh, yeah, this is a character that... Not anyone like there are so few people actually at Nintendo who even know what this one's going to be. So it's going to take us a little bit long. It's like why, why this is a Fire Emblem game? That's a Nintendo game. Why were so many people kept in the dark on this? <laughs> why Especially is this taking longer? Just copy and was, paste all the swords. That's it. It was really funny going through my news feed for this week as well, and I'm going through and it's saying um, they're going to announce a new Smash Bros. character, you know, on whatever day it was, and I see that article, and then I see an article between then and the announcement, which is, could it be Dante? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> could it be Dante? And did like, oh, what a disappointment. Did you watch the the reveal? No. I never watched the Smash Bros. reveals. So, I don't care about Smash Bros. enough. So he, So the reason people thought it was Dante is because Devil May Cry 3 is coming to Switch with some upgraded stuff and extra things in it. And it's, it's coming very soon. Yeah. And in a screen or a picture that Sakurai posted about the reveal, he's like, hey, we've got another thing. And he had three fingers up like this or something. Three fingers were up. And when he <laughs> when he's explaining, he's like, you may have guessed looking at the picture with my fingers up that it was 17 I'm like, what? What are you talking about, 17? You had three fingers up. And he's like, there are 17 games in the Fire Emblem franchise, and this is how you can count up to 300 on one hand. And he's like, one, two, three, four, five, and you put this finger down, and then this one, and that's 30, and this is, and then he's like, and then if I did this, that's 17. And it's like, you fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) And then he went on to say, you can count up to 30,000 on two hands if you do this. And he he spent like... Three minutes teaching us how to count three thousand on two hands. And he hands. turned into your grandpa sitting on like sitting in the <laughs> living room at Christmas, telling you a story about fingers. Oh my god, I hate Fire Emblem. I've never played a Fire Emblem game, but I hate it so much because of this. <laughs> Here's what I don't get though, and I'm sure a Smash Bros. fan will tell me there's a huge difference between all these characters. But like, why there's like twelve Smash uh, um, Fire Emblem characters in this. There should be that many Pokemon characters because Pokemon characters eight, are diverse. I think there's eight Fire Emblem. Okay, there's a lot of them. But I don't think they need to put more. If they're gonna do one franchise, do a bunch more one franchise. Do it for Pokemon because Pokemon's gonna have a huge yeah. diverse lineup where it can be something really unique each time. You could have half the the Smash characters be Pokemon characters, and it would still be a diverse, like yeah. unique lineup of characters. Whereas like uh, it's just swords. They all got swords. Got oh, but you didn't see Byleth has a second form that has pikes. Ooh. And this a, is and the two. Here's the thing about Fire Emblem as well: is that it's axes, swords, and, and pikes. So, like the three things that you fight against. There's like a rocks, paper, scissors kind of mechanic to that. But all the characters in Smash use swords primarily. <laughs> like you have this like this this system, but you're not even carrying over and being inspired by to make the Smash characters. I don't know why I'm getting so passionate about this. I don't even like Smash, but I can totally agree with people why they'd be frustrated. <laughs> I'm excited. I don't know why because I don't play Smash, even though I like it. I'm excited that there are six more characters coming. 
They they really they revealed five, yeah. and they're like five characters. Like, all right, cool, a whole another five. And then they're like six. We're like, what? I was like, I haven't even played this game, but I love it. I love it. Okay, let's move on. Speaking of loving it, third party quest log McDonald's job, descri- job descriptions drop hints about a new Bioshock game world. Sarmena Khan from PlayStation Lifestyle brings this to us. So, Cloud Chambers, the new developer, they're looking for a lead world designer, and I'm going to read you what they're looking for. I'm Ooh, reading read this, it. I got really pumped. Have you read this yet, Chad? Yeah. Okay, this got me really pumped about what this game is going to be. So it says, You love sitting at the nexus of story, architecture, and design. You love games that create a symbiosis between them, and you're motivated by the idea of creating resident emotional experiences through gameplay. You care about building a richly interactive world that feels inhabited and genuine. You have a deep understanding of how to create a compelling um, systemic environment that players are hungry to explore, and you see the player as a partner or co-author, not a pawn. I really like that last sentence. Developer, um, sorry, developer, develop an FPS combat paradigm that is accessible, satisfying, and allows for a high degree of player expression and experimentation within a highly reactive world. Look beyond direct conflict, accommodate various play styles and design encounters that can be resolved through player ingenuity. We have high ambitions for tying AI and storytelling together, and it will be your responsibility to crystallize that ambition around several AI systems. You will be in close collaboration with design leadership to flush out the ideas um sorry flush out the designs and finalize the implementations for an urban crowd system um and the system this is a blast systemic tribal ecology of sometimes hostile ai that's a lot that is a lot a lot of it to me sounds like things that bioshock has been doing from the beginning mostly that that middle description like uh Various play styles and design encounters that can be resolved through player ingenuity. Like, you've already been able to whack a guy on the head with a wrench, stun him and whack him, shoot him in the head, electrocute the pool of water he's staying in, shoot fire on the oil, call security bots to him. Like, all of these different ways that you could go about solving any encounter. But this is next-gen, though. You're right. It's next-next-gen from the first time the game was released on on Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Oh, shit, you're right. Uh, So, and... uh, a very small fraction of what I do for a living involves helping people write really attractive job descriptions like this that sometimes can be a little bit more flashy and 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 idealistic than the job ends up turning out to be. But I'm very, very excited that it seems like they are taking the spirit of what Bioshock is and incorporating it into whatever this fourth installment might be. And I'm pumped as fuck! Yeah, um... Everything about this, I think you're right. A lot of this has been in there before, but it does say at least that, hey, we're not trying to completely change what Bioshock is. We're looking to enhance what Bioshock is. That's really exciting. Yep. Also, um, implementations for urban crowd system. I haven't played Infinite yet, but Bioshock 1 and 2 definitely don't have crowd systems. Mm, you're true. You're true, Kev. And I know Infinite has more NPCs around, but I didn't get the impression that there was like a crowd system involved in that. We're gonna have, we're gonna have. What do they call them in Days Gone? So, um, freakers. Yeah, well, freakers when they're in the giant hordes. Hordes. That's what they are. Hordes. We're gonna yeah. have hordes. Coral. <laughs> <laughs> um, Elon Musk tweeted out. So this is related. Elon Musk tweeted out something that was basically the. Um, Andrew Ryan speech 
Ooh. About um, and it was like verbatim the Andrew Ryan speech, except he related it all to being on Mars under him. Which is a little like, did you get what happened in Bioshock? Like maybe you don't want to use that as the example, like of Mars. But it did give me thinking about how cool this would be. And I know this sounds so tacky and dumb, but I think it'd be kind of awesome to have like Bioshock in space, like Bioshock on like a colony like that in Mars or something like that. Or not I mean, on that's Mars, the next logical progression. It started in the water, yeah, and then it went up to the sky, and now it's got to go all the way to space. Yeah, but I actually think that environment would work really well for Bioshock. It's like the first colony off of Earth that's on another planet and what happened there and how it went to shit or something like that. Like, that sounds great. Yeah. I want that. It has nothing to do with the job description. This is totally like I saw an Elon Musk tweet that has nothing to do with anything related to video games, really, in the industry at least. But I'm like, now I want that. That's Sign me want. up, Scotty. Um, this next one here, CES 2020 recap from the Atari VCS meeting suite. This is from Atari in a medium post. Um, but what's cool about this is that there's actually videos in this article of the interface and what oh, it I looks like. I didn't actually like. watch the videos. I'm gonna load you should. They're very short. Yeah, watch them up. Um, I actually think the interface looks really good. I'm very curious what you think. But essentially, it is... It's like tile based, where each tile is like looking into a compartment of a shelf, and there's like a little bit of a 3D effect as you pan through them, and it looks really nice, but very minimal at the same time. Like I know what it said, maybe sound like it'd be a lot visually, but it works out very minimally, and its implementation. I thought it looked really, really nice. Um, there were a few things that uh, they also mentioned in the article that I thought were interesting to note. Um, they had demos at CES for Atari Vault and Antstream Arcade, which are both retro gaming services. They said those demo- those demos, quote, resonated strongly with their guests. I would like to see it to believe it. Um, I think people are more interested in seeing new games on this than retro games, especially considering the cost of the system. But um, I'll take them at their word. The other thing that's interesting is there had been a discussion about how, or a rumor about how this Atari VCS is just going to be running a Linux, uh, like Ubuntu or something like that. Right. And I think maybe where that rumor came from is this next bullet point, which is that VCS can boot to Linux and Windows via a bootable flash drive. They showed off Fortnite, Borderlands 2, and Basketball Classics running, and those were running off of Steam, Epic uh, Game Store, and um, GOG libraries. So... It has that potential to basically be like a PC that you're playing for TV. None of those games are very high level. Like it's Borderlands 2, not Borderlands 3. It's Fortnite. Fortnite's not the most demanding game ever. Um, they also did a demo with a wireless mouse and keyboard to demonstrate that you can also just use VCS as a standard PC through the TV. And I was kind of watching this stuff. I'm going, you know, I think what's happening here is that the Atari VCS actually might be really good hardware. I feel a bit expensive for what it does, but it might actually be really good hardware. I just think their marketing has been some of the worst I've ever seen from ever. any console announcement ever. And it's a shame because seeing this stuff here, I'm like, you want to what? That actually doesn't look bad. I mean, I'm, you, have you seen the interface yet? Yeah. What do you think? Nothing looks distinct from anything else. Like It's hard to understand where you are in the interface. Am I looking at games? Am I looking at streaming services am i looking at it some of the other clips to make it a little more obvious there's like an outline I mean, around each box that you're on but it's you, yeah, which are the videos people games, who can't see it apps store and system and as they kind yeah. of blade between them they all look very similar until you get to to store there should be, should be like a dot above each of those tabs that say which one you're on right but i mean there's nothing like visually other than that tiny dot and like the, the word itself being tiny highlighted at the top i don't know 
part of that is my own biases coming into this conversation to begin with against the VCS, but <laughs> um, I liked it. I mean, compared to what we had heard though about it just basically being a mouse and keyboard setup with Ubuntu, this looks really great <laughs> in comparison to that alternative. I'm I want to see more of this now. I'm beginning to warm up to it. Not enough to buy it, but enough to stop mocking it. Uh, directly <laughs> i will never stop mocking it <laughs> um last story in third party quest log before we move on to our main quest this is one that chad sent over it's actually chad do you want to take this yeah so this one says fortnite for ios updated with improved joystick support and 120 frames per second gameplay on ipad pro says felipe esposito at 95 mac um what what really sort of i don't care that fortnite has improved joystick support i don't care about fortnite on ios what i do think is interesting is 120 frames per second on your ipad pro while playing an ios game and that made me think about like how fucking good could stadia be if it gets its shit together mm-hmm. like if it ever releases i think we were i think we were on party chat playing on game night complaining that stadia's 2020 roadmap only includes other android phones right now and it's not even including an ios functioning app but, like, if you could carry around your 12.9-inch iPad Pro and have a 4K or whatever that screen resolution allows for, which actually might be more than – I don't remember what it is. Running at 120 frames per second, not having to, like, completely destroy the internals of your iPad because it's streaming it. Like, the future could be so good. It could be so good, Holden. That's all I wanted to say. I had not the opposite – thought but in a different direction if their processors in an ipad can get for and granted for is not the most intensive game on the planet but if you can get Fortnite running at 120 frames per second it's pretty fucking impressive mm-hmm. it doesn't run at 120 frames per second other than pc i think i'm pretty pretty certain it doesn't run no 100 frames per second not on run a, that on anything else yeah so that's really fucking impressive and it got me thinking about this long rumor about Apple making their own processors for Macs. And it just feels so bound to happen. Intel has been falling behind and not being able to live up to their own, uh, like, um, what do you call it? Their own roadmap. They've, they've been struggling to stick to their own roadmap. You have, um, who makes the Ryzen chips? Why am I drawing a blank on this? Uh, not AMD, NVIDIA, I don't know. A, I think I it might, know. AMD, I think it's AMD. Yeah, sure, we'll say it's AMD. Yep, it's AMD. Yeah. So AMD is kind of filling in that niche a little bit, having chips that are better than the Intel chips at this point, but they cost less money. And then Mac might apparently go to having their own chips as well. And how fucking beastly those chips are probably going to be. I can't wait. And if they end up doing that, I can't wait to see what's going to be. And could it actually open up to having more games? on Mac because they'll have like Apple arcade or like games that work across all the different platforms. Like what could games on Mac look like if they get those chips that are running in a fucking iPad and get Fortnite going 120 frames per second. Yeah. Imagine what they could do with a Mac. I'm just really ex- excited about that. And it's, I know that's not entirely game related, but I do think that if they can get those chips to be insanely powerful, wh- why wouldn't there be better game or better VR kind of support on that system? Anyway, that's all. That does um, sound exciting. <laughs> Hope you're not excited quest. for these next four games. 
Um, main quest, everything gets delayed. So we have a, we had a lot of delays this week. I just wanted to talk about all the delays because it just seemed like one after the other. Uh, so first one, Square Enix delayed both Final Fantasy VII Remake and Avengers. This comes from Jason Schreier at Kotaku. Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake was delayed from March 3rd to April 10th, and Avengers from May 15th to September 4th. And then Iron Man VR was delayed and is going into Avengers' old um, spot of May 15th. So that's also happening. That was supposed then, to come out next month. Yeah. And... What's funny to me is i just going to call myself out as a big idiot here. I tweeted out as soon as the Final Fantasy announcement came out. I said, wow, <laughs> they're so close to Cyberpunk. Like, that's going to be a problem. And then, like, the next day, Cyberpunk is now getting delayed into September 17th, uh, which originally was April 16th, so, like, five extra months. Um, in the case of Cyberpunk, what's interesting, though, is that the CEO, Adam, uh, I think it's Kaczynski, told investors, we try to limit crunch as much as possible, but it is the final stage. We will try to be reasonable in this regard, but yes, unfortunately, there's basically going to be crunch, is what he's saying. Um, according to Kaczynski, the game has been playable from beginning to end for a couple months, and the delay was to iron out bugs. Uh, we'll talk about the um, Avengers and Final Fantasy as well. I just want to say really quickly, I'm upset about that part, because I thought the whole point of not having it come out, until, according to rumor and you know scuttlebutt, the whole point of having it come out in April 20, uh, 2020 was that they didn't have to crunch in the first place. They'd comfortably be able to to finish it, and now they're delaying it five months. And oh well, we you know we can't avoid crunch at this point. Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? But that's also we don't know what really happened in the background. But it just changes what my understanding of what happened in the background was. So that kind of upset me. Uh, and then the final thing also, to get delayed it's, it's was. Hard to, uh... There's no one set definition of what crunch is. Is crunch like it could be as extreme as what we saw with Rockstar, or is it could be like, yeah, everyone's just working real hard and they're tired. Yeah, like they're staying an extra hour. Yeah, really crunching. Yeah. Um, the last uh, one here is that Cyberpunk 2077 multiplayer's mode will possibly launch after 2021. Now, this comes from uh, Michael um, Nawak- blah Nawakowski, who is um, he also works at um, CD Projekt Red. He said, given the ex- uh, expected release of Cyber- Cyberpunk 2077 in September and speaking of a series of events we expect to occur after that date, 2021 appears unlikely as a release date for the Cyberpunk multiplayer. So after that period, it will likely, likely come out. Um, I spoke a lot there, Chad. Yeah. I So the first two happened. It was Final Fantasy VII and Avengers. And I was like, fuck. One... Those were basically the two games, or Final Fantasy VII and, and Iron Man VR were the, basically the two things I was looking forward to in the first quarter of the year, January through March. Uh, and after that delay, Final Fantasy now being April 10th, that put Doom Eternal, Resident Evil 3, Final Fantasy VII, and Cyberpunk all within about two weeks of each other. I was like, there's no way I'm ever going to play Doom Eternal. That means I probably won't get around to playing much Resident Evil 3 and certainly won't get to Cyberpunk in time. So I was really bummed, and I was like, God, it's only a month, but still, that puts it right in. And then Avengers gets out of the way, and then Iron Man VR gets delayed to May, and I'm like, okay, okay. And then Cyberpunk's out of the way, and I'm like, fucking great. I have so much room to breathe now in the first six months of this year. I can finally, I can get around to making some of those resolutions that they talked about last episode about doing (laughs) Destiny raids and playing for the Master Chief Collection, and getting around to New Game Plus and God of War. Like, I could finally do all of these things that I've been wanting to do. 
I was just scrolling through the Wikipedia release dates, and literally nothing in January interests me. I am curious but will not buy Dreams in February. That's the only thing coming out there. And then March comes around. Isn't Ori and the Will of Wisps coming out in February? Yeah, but I won't play. I won't pay full price and play that right off the bat because I never finished the first Game one. Pass. Game Pass. That's uh, March 11th. So, yeah, I might try it on the Game Pass. But, um, yeah, then March comes around and it's just basically Doom Eternal I have a curiosity for. But still, I didn't like Doom 2016 enough that I think I'm going to buy that right off the bat. I have three months, Holden, to dedicate to Barf. To dedicate to Destiny 2. I am pumped. And then we do get into April. Where we have still RE3, Final Fantasy 7. And then May is Iron Man VR, Last of Us Part 2. And that's where things start, start to ramp up again. So. so I'm relieved for the first half of the year for sure. Because, I mean, Animal Crossing and Doom come out on the same day. But I don't foresee that being an issue. Because Animal Crossing is not the kind of game I'm going to want to play for a whole weekend. I'll play it for an hour on day one and like an hour each day. Um, Doom, I'll play up until Resident Evil comes out. Probably beat Doom before then. Then I'll get Resident Evil. I'll probably beat Resident Evil before Final Fantasy comes out. And then I can just have a big game like Final Fantasy and not have Cyberpunk right next to it that I feel like I have to juggle these two giant games. So I'm really happy about that. But then the part that I'm so fucking annoyed by, I was so happy when I heard that Cyberpunk was coming out in April um, because I figured, oh, like I'll have a slower... I'm, I'm already going to have a slower semester this semester. And I'm like, oh, I'll have more time to play it, and then I'll have to into summer to like really enjoy it. If I wanted like a second run, like, oh, the timing is so perfect for that game. Now it's coming out like a week before the biggest semester of my entire return to college, <laughs> and I'm so annoyed. Like, it couldn't be coming out in a worse period for me yep. personally. All I'm still shit, gonna play it. It's gonna end up another Red Dead where you're you're only gonna play like half of it and you're never gonna get around to finishing it and it's not gonna be your game of the year anymore because of that. And then PS5 is gonna come out and it's not gonna be on it and you're gonna be so pissed and you're never gonna touch it. Well, backwards compatibility, I'll still be able to play it on that way. No, nope. but you won't just because you'll be so enamored with PS5 that you're not gonna go back and play anything in the PS4 <laughs> era. <laughs> I'm really really bummed about this one. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I'll just quit school. Cyberpunk's more Do important. It. I mean, all in all, I'm glad that all of this is happening because if this had happened, uh, there are so many factors as to why it couldn't have happened with Jedi Fallen Order. But if this had happened in Jedi Fallen Order and it got delayed a few months, like, who knows? That might have been a really amazing game that I enjoyed. But mm-hmm. because it was so janky and there was so <clears> much <throat> that was unfinished in that game for me. In my opinion, or that didn't run well enough that now they have apparently fixed, but I don't care to go back and try it. Like, it ended up being a poop for me. It was a poop. And of all the games, I think that Avengers is going to benefit from that the most. Yeah. that That's a game. I, I think of all of these, I think we can all admit that Avengers looked the least polished out of all of those games that were yeah. shown off. But that's kind of unfair because Cyberpunk, very high level of polish. Final Fantasy, I'm sure, will have a very high level of polish. Kind of an unfair comparison. But... Yeah. Um, I do think that Avengers will benefit from this. I'm actually more curious about Avengers now that it has uh, like about four extra months of, of development time because I've been concerned about that one. And I've gotten less concerned over time, but I wouldn't say I'm enthused or mildly interested yet. Yeah, this gives them an extra few months to finally like get their messaging together and tell us what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's and been, I'm now kind of curious. Mixed, and the game is like vastly changed in my mind of what it is from the first announcement mm-hmm. to their third announcement. Is that... Well, has it changed? 
really? Or did they, is it the same thing on the other side of the development studio walls? And we just had no idea what was going on the side because they couldn't fucking communicate it. It could um, be that, or it could be an Anthem type thing where literally like months before the game is coming out, like, what's the name of it? I don't know. Uh, we have this cool flying <laughs> mechanic, but nothing else. God, do you oh, remember yeah. Anthem? <laughs> um, not as well as you do. You remember it much better than I do. That's right, because I actually played a few hours of it. God rest yeah. my soul. I also think this puts a lot of pressure on Avengers to really show off at E3 now. Yeah. It's it's second E3. They can't just hide behind, it's got a bunch of celebrities in it, or we couldn't show off a demo besides a closed-door one. Like, no, you got to have on-demo, or on-stage demo of that game. I want to see multiple players playing together. <gasps> what, that coordination what if we get to play that like. at E3? Hell yeah! That's badass! <laughs> um so yeah and also the other part of this too is that uh basically you said this earlier but always applies miyamoto a great uh, a good game blah a delayed game is can be good uh um, a rushed game is always bad i'm paraphrasing but it's largely what he said i think it's a, a so, delayed game has the opportunity to be good a, a rushed game is bad forever yeah but that's not true now with patches hashtag no man's sky <laughs> for the most part it's but yes, no, the, the conversation it, but like, around the game the, is always the first pre- impression is made. Yeah, for, yeah. the conversation's passed. Yeah, um, that's the quest log. That's the main quest for the week. Chad, let's go to game on some... game show. The game on our game show. Where we play a game called game 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 show. Get the fuck you were going to talk about subscriber interrogatives. I was going to say we don't have a subscriber. Going. Yeah, we don't have time for subscriber interrogatives because we don't have any subscriber interrogatives. But we would make time uh, if we had subscriber interrogatives. So oh. you should ask us some questions. Yeah, go to away. go to Twitter at respawnamefire and send us a thing at respawnamefire at gmail dot com and send us a thing by text message or whatever the fuck you want. Send us a question and we'll answer it. I want something that has something to do with the vegetables next time. <laughs> but game on game show this week is. A return of Quiz Me Cat and it's me, Margaret. Holden, are you yeah. ready for another round of this game show? I was hoping it was going to be this one. Let's do it. Oh, man. So I think we did this one. Was it last week or two weeks ago? Last week. Last week. Oh, yes. Holden, we've got four more rounds. You have the opportunity to win a special prize if you make it through all four rounds successfully. Are you ready for the first round? I am ready. The rules of the first round of Quiz Me Cat and it's me, Margaret. You have 30 seconds to rattle off a list of whatever it is that I ask you for a list of, if you get 10 of them in 30 seconds, you move on to round two with the opportunity for the, for the prize in hand. If you lose any of these rounds, you're still going to do the rest of them for time's sake and entertainment's sake, but you won't get the prize. Are you ready for the first round of Quiz Me, Captain? It's me, Margaret. Yes. 30 seconds on the clock, starting now. Name 10 video games that don't have the or and in their official title. Super Mario Odyssey. One. Halo. Two. Remnants of the Ash. Three. Uh, that has the. Desti- no, the. Oh, shit. Destiny. That's three. three. Gears of War. Four. Gears of War, two. Gears of five. War, three. Six. Gears of War, five. Seven. Gears of War, Judgment. Eight. Um, fuck. Um, five seconds Outer left. Wilds. Six. I mean, nine. Control. Ten. There you go. All right. With one second to spare. <laughs> I also should have been looking at my screen that has a list of games that we've been talking about <laughs> on it, and I didn't do that. I could have done that. I didn't. All right. Whew. You made it through just barely. You have the opportunity for this, <laughs> this big prize. Second round. 
This is 60 seconds. You have three challenges to complete in this 60 seconds. Three questions to answer in this 60 seconds. Are you ready, Holden? First Wait, round repeat two. Repeat one more time. Wait, one more time. You have 60 seconds total. Yeah. And you will have three different questions that you have to answer. Okay, okay. Are Let's you ready it. for round two of Quiz Me Cat Mits Me Margaret? Yes. Round two starts. 60 seconds on the clock. Now, name 10 playable characters in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Oh, okay. Um, you have Mario, Luigi, Peach, One, two, three, Bowser, four, Dry... No, Yoshi, Toad, five, Toadette, six, seven, Link, eight, Me Character, Animal nine, Crossing, Villager. Uh, name four songs from Ocarina of Time. <sighs> uh, song of Storms, Sun One, Song, Epona's Song, three. and um, um, fuck... Um, the Nocturne of Shadows, is that one of them? That's one of them. Name okay. any six white people. <laughs> any six white people? <laughs> go, go, go! Ch- Chad Innes, hold the Jabardo, because I'm white. Uh, Dallas Smith is white. Matt Fierre is white. Um, <laughs> Bernie Sanders is white, and Joe Biden is white. <laughs> All right, you did it! <laughs> 43 seconds. and I don't know why after every one I had to say they're white. They it's implied <laughs> that they're white because I'm mentioning them in this question. Um, whew, I made it. I yeah, could have lost time it. by saying white so many times. <laughs> but I made it. Whew, two rounds down, two to go. Third round. Yes. This one is short. It is 20 seconds. And it is an argument. You have to make an argument. Mm-hmm. Remember last time it was convinced me that Sonic is a good franchise. <laughs> Are you ready for round three of Quiz Me Cat yes. and Me Margaret? 20 seconds. Starts now. Convince me that Animal Crossing is bad. <laughs> oh my god, Animal Crossing is so bad because there's, it's there's no like immediate goal. It's just like chop down a fucking tree. Why would I want to chop down a tree? Like collect peaches? I don't give a shit about peaches. That's a dumb concept. But like, also you could have the game and it's apples is a fruit. But I don't want apples. I wanted the peaches, but I can't do that. I got to restart the whole fucking game again. Twenty seconds is now holding you did it. Fruit sucks. I hate fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Peaches? How do you eat a peach? You bite into it? Do you do the fuzz? Do you don't do the fuzz? You gotta peel an apple? Granny Smith is bad. <sighs> Alright. Last round. You have 30 seconds. I have 10 pairs of things that are video game yeah. related. You have to tell me which one is the correct answer in those two. You have to get four pairs of correct answers. Four, four correct answers total out of these 10 in 30 seconds in order to win. Wait. So you were giving me an, a question and then offering me or a question offering two answers. I have to pick the right answer. Uh, for instance, as a reminder from last time, yeah, I for instance said Bowsette or Carl Weathers, and you oh, had to choose which one now. was okay, the yeah. correct one. Yes, there's not necessarily like which one's more attractive or which one's cooler. It's just, it's, it's, it's a purely subjective. I have to guess what 100%. the subjectivity is. Hundred yeah. percent. Right. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> I've got ten pairs. You have to get four correct in thirty seconds. Are you ready? Yes. Final round of Quiz Me Cat and It's Me Margaret. 30 seconds on the clock, starting now. Yellow Yoshi or Blue Yoshi? Yellow Yoshi. Blue Yoshi flies! Come on! Bowser or Wario? Bowser. Yes. Rugrats the movie or Rugrats in Paris? Rugrats in Paris. Hell yeah! Cole and Infamous or Delson from Infamous Second Son? Cole. Yes, he's so much cooler. Cake or popcorn? Cake. Hell yeah! Pokemon Blue or Pokemon Red? Pokemon Blue. No, Red has Charizard, you idiot! Lugia or Ho-Oh? I went over Blue Yoshi. Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah! 
<laughs> you did it, Holden. You did it. I think you got six. That's more than four. Congratulations. You get the final Yay. big prize, which is you get to see my nipples. <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. Uh, I feel bad for the audio listeners who, even if they followed along and did it successfully, they didn't get to see your nipples. They didn't get to see my nipples. That's what they get you guys for not out. on our show. That's what they get for not having us record it and put it on YouTube. <laughs> Chad's nipples are glorious. You guys really uh, missed out. The- yeah, you get the whole ring of fire hair around it. I'm not a mm-hmm. redhead, so I don't know why I said ring of fire. But Chad's <laughs> oh. really a redhead, but he dyes his hair and beard brown. <laughs> I really hope Nocturne of Shadows is a song. I think it is, right? There's a Nocturne of something. Um... Let's look it up. Nocturne of Shadows. Zelda. Well, it was a good autofill. Yes, Nocturne of Shadows singular. Oh, hold on. I've got to retract my nipples. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) I'll have to unsee Chaz's nipples. Unless, can you name another white person in three seconds? Go. (laughs) No, you can't. You can't. (laughs) Cam is he's not white. He was Greek. Oh, was he? Yeah. I don't know. Are Greeks any white people? What is white? I don't even know. That's actually good And that's question. how we're going to leave this episode of Responding Fire with the question to everyone out there. What is white? <laughs> uh, if you'd like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash fire. There you can contribute $1 or above, which is everything, and you get one, the influence, the ability to influence what we play. You can do that in the form of voting. Right now the polls are open for whatever we're all going to play next month. Uh, for our barf game, Backlog Accomplishment with the Respawn and Friends. Let me read um, off what those options are. Yes. What are those options, Hold Hole? I'm loading a Patreon right now, but when it's loaded up, I will read out the options. And those four options are Hitman 2, Banjo-Kazooie, Spec Ops The Line, or Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Right now, Spec Ops The Line is the winner. If you'd like one of the other ones to be the winner instead, become a Patreon Or if you'd like to cement Spec Ops The Line as winning, or if you want to do your duty as an American or citizen of Canada or wherever the country that you're from, if you are white, black... Native American, Indian, Asian, any of those ethnicities, you're allowed to vote for whatever you want. You don't have to abide by the U.S. Constitution and our voting laws. It's Patreon. We're global. (laughs) (laughs) One world government. (laughs) Polls close at Sunday, the end of the month. I think it's the 26th. Uh, And we will decide what we're doing there. If you are playing along with us right now, if you're playing The Last Guardian on PS4, uh, write in and tell us your experience with it. You don't have to be a patron to play it. You can play it at home. That game, I can't, t- I can't smack it out of your hand at GameStop. And I can't go and make your credit, call null- credit card null and void on the PSN. You're allowed to buy that game and play it, even though we're playing it too. Uh, so write in and tell us your thoughts on it, whether that's a DM on Twitter or an email to respondingfire at gmail.com. Uh, you also get to play along with us. We have game nights. We just discovered Rainbow Six Siege together. And we all had a merry orgy, and it was great. Uh, if you'd like to play with us next week or any other week on Thursday nights, 6 p.m. Pacific time, you can do that on Patreon.com. And finally, you can get dope wallpapers, not just for this month, but for every other month in the past since we've been doing it. They're pretty cool. Put them on your phones, smush your phone on your face, and then take a picture in front of the mirror and say, I've got a smushed face. Don't I look cute? And then send us that video on Twitter. Uh, that's it. That's all we've got. Um, <laughs> send us subscribe your interrogatives. And until next time, here's our usual sign off. Aren't I cute? <laughs> <laughs>